0: The streak is over stocks took a pounding today, ending the week down a little over 1% for the S&P 500, snapping a four-week winning streak for the market, the longest streak that we've seen since November of last year. Hi, everyone, and welcome to VHS Live. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And sunny too. Monsoonie. <laughs> there you go. with Toby, trading volumes were down 8% today, and the market still took a beating. Is this start of a prolonged bear market or a big time short period or is this just a typical lazy summer day and it's just a one-off and stuff well to worry it's probably
1: about. It, it's probably all three i mean i'm not going to get overly technical here but there was like two and a half trillion dollars of what is known on wall street are derivatives meaning stock options futures so on and so forth, and they all end today so when you have these these expiration date deals in the middle of summer excuse me i mean getting into later autumn where everybody in, in wall street is is their freaking beach house. Mm Then that was number one. Number two is remember we talked about the magic number forty three twenty one on the S and P five hundred. That's right. We got a lot of data in today that showed that again without getting too crazy here. But let's just say there's three types of investors in general. Okay, there's the retail investor, and the retail investor for most uh, retail investors is a four hundred one k. Every month you know it's coming out and money goes into something in the S and P five hundred or the QQQs is the two most popular places, right? That's right. The other side is the hedge funds, and hedge funds are long and short. Obviously. Basically, based on the data we got today, you know the term short squeeze. Well, what short squeeze simply means is uh, in a of hedge fund, where we're betting against stocks, when you sell a stock short, you're betting it's going to go down in, in, in value. And guess what? Everything went down in value over 20%. So those guys were making some serious cash on the short side. Now, when it flipped over, you know, sort of the narrative of that the Fed was going to pivot here. All of a sudden, boom, the quant guys, the quantitative funds who don't do anything, it's all based on an algorithm that they've created. And that algorithm said with the Fed, you know, if the narrative is pivot, if that shows up in something, then boom, we're long. So now you have the short screens where people, when they short stocks, they have to buy them back because they borrowed them from their uh, hedge fund broker. And now that creates this buying. So you have retail money just coming in like clockwork and it goes into index funds, index funds buy the top 500 or the top 100 stocks. You got Apple who actually, uh, you know, has like three ways of going up. It, Buffett's buying it, bought more. Uh, index has started going up. So index is because it's the number one value, buy more. And then Apple buys more. So if Apple right. is you know 18% of the market cap and the short squeeze is happening. So all this happened and that's why we got this classic bear market rally. But then all of a sudden this week, particularly today, we had interest, uh, interest rates on a 10-year. one have gone up a quarter of 1%, which is a huge amount. Now, it's, a, it's the biggest move we've seen. The dollar has gone up in value. The, the largest it's done since 2000, you know, right after t- the, the pandemic broke out, all that is negative for growth stocks. And now we came down back under the 4231. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a long way of saying that this move has been a, you know, FOMO move, fear of missing out. Yes. With- Algorithms and quantitative funds just buying because it's going up, and when the, all those fundamentals came in, you know, the, the guy said, "Okay, I'm going to take my 17, 18 percent pop here." So it's still a bear market rally until it's proven that it's not, Todd.
0: Right, and I want to reiterate that because you've been saying that in prior shows as well, and we have not seen. We, I still believe that this market has a lot of room to grow, only because we don't have those critical numbers, those critical earnings and mm-hmm. macro reports that are coming out. I mean, next week, there are a couple of big big economic reports, but I don't think it's going to be enough to move the markets because like you said the other day during the show, bad news is good news. And if you start seeing some of these revisions and some of these numbers coming out next week, that I, don't, I think if anything, it's going to move the needle for the positive side for the bulls to keep running, at least going into possibly that jobs report that comes out the Friday before Labor Day. So there's still a lot of room to grow over the, over the next couple of weeks. If anything, this might have been a great entry point if you're a trader jump on in because some of these stocks so, most stocks were down today right when you say grow
1: you mean that the market value is going up is
0: that what you mean by that's growth? what i mean yeah i apologize oh, okay. i'm using my east coast uh terminology there yeah this is <laughs> this isn't baltimore any
1: boy okay you know you're in the big time all right?
0: <laughs> well i'm wearing my raven shirt right now so i'm getting ready for the weekend oh so okay <laughs> we'll see what happens but but going but yes you had out of the s&p 500 only um i believe it was less than 80 stocks were up today so dip so it did provide quite a bit of uh, of entry points if you are looking to trade and jump in. But you are right. If we had options expiration day, uh, I mean, it, it was intense, obviously.
1: You know, what I call this, a day like today is what we call, Toby, sit on your hands and go walk outside day. Because there's no, <laughs> there's so many countervailing forces going on simultaneously. Starting then just with there, uh, you know, there's, there's sort of been a seller strike. Part of this move has been that, there's been more buyers than sellers that, uh, you know, we always hear about a buyer strike, right? Which is, just, you know, the stocks are going down because of a buyer strike, there's seller strikes too. And if, if you were down for the year, you know, 20, 25% in your fund, and all of a sudden you're seeing this shirt squeezed, you're not a seller. You're going to, you're going to hold it until you get a day like today and you get a massive reversal. And then maybe you will take 50% off, but those are all the mechanics of the market. But most of the mechanics today were very esoteric derivative based, Based, which don't have anything to do with the fundamentals they have everything to do with the technical underpinning of how the stock market in uh, 2022 works and that's right and, and then people on vacation so i wouldn't i wouldn't take much of it i'm I, I, you know you're you're on the positive side i'm on the side that uh, that I, i've been through i don't know this is probably my 25th bear market rally since 2000 and this one is a absolutely you know perfect model of what a bear market rally does it goes up to where the 50 percent support line is People are starting to say, "Hey, mm, uh, I'm going to lock this in. I already, you know, got my brains beat up for six months, and and then the fundamentals don't matter. It, it was technical right. last week because uh, remember th- this thing all started r- really, you know, this last two days. Basically, the, Wall Street is saying that the Fed is full of crap, that they're going to wimp out, and that the Fed is just bluffing. Yeah, yeah. Coward well, that Fed, all these other guys came out strong, you know, throwing hard balls at your
0: head, saying, "No, inflation." week next week the Fed the f I don't mean to interrupt but the Fed yeah. meets next week for their, their annual retreat in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. The in one week yeah. from today, Chairman Powell is going to be giving his big speech that obviously every Wall Street or analyst or strategist are going to be on the edge of their seats. Just waiting for to hear what he has to say, but he's not going to say anything different because what really yeah. probably lit the fuse for the selling today was that you had a couple of Fed officials that publicly said that the Fed's going to do whatever it needs to do to lower inflation, and it doesn't matter what happens. They're throwing caution to the wind right now. The inflation rate on a year-over-year basis is eight point five percent. They're trying to bring that down to two percent. It's yeah. going to take quite a long, quite a long time to get there, well, which means the Fed's probably going to keep raising yeah, rates. T-
1: that's, I mean, again, this is why this is the dichotomy here, right? I, I'm certainly not smart enough to figure out whether Neil Kashkari and Merritt Lynn and the other Fed governors are are just fooling. Eh, we, we didn't mean that stuff, right? Because Wall Street is betting that they're just, you know, foolish crap, uh, yeah. that, 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 you know, they're talking a, a big game, but they can't take the pain of stocks going down uh, anymore because that was so, it was so horrible. So yeah. I, uh, I, I can only go in, Neil Kashkari is been uh, the Minnesota governor has been the guy from the beginning. He has said he said a year and a half ago that this inflation wasn't And He said a, a year and a half ago that you know, who knew that you know home prices were going to go up 27 percent and rents were going to go up 30 percent. But yeah, he's been right. And the problem is he, he's only the Minnesota governor, and unfortunately the Minnesota governor is like on the bottom of the pile uh, of value. I, I will tell you this: I did go to the Fed uh, conclave years ago for uh, I, uh, Fox Business, and it is totally nerd fest I freaking loved it I mean but this is the most esoteric stuff everybody does a paper on you know if somebody scratches their ass this way that means markets are going up I mean it's <laughs> but at the end of the day, when they close the doors, man, I'd like to be a fly on the wall next week because if you, can, you can't have it both ways. You can't have, remember we had inflation basically at less than 2% for 12 years. And there was right. some very specific reasons why that was happening. We had offshoring, taking the price down of, of building stuff. We had, you know, no salary inflation. You know, we had automation, you know, the Amazoning of the world. All of that stuff kept price inflation. In fact, then all of a sudden that went out the window. And it's not like that stuff went away. It's just that what, what changed was that, A, we have a, a, a Russian invading in, in Ukraine. Uh, they just announced they're going to turn all the gas off to Germany next week because of you know mechanical stuff. Then obviously we had post-pandemic stuff in China, blah, blah, blah. Energy prices, home prices, the stuff that's the most there, the only way it comes down is if you have an honest to God recession, not what I've been calling recession Um And so you're going to have to kill two, three million jobs. Otherwise, yeah. The demand, remember, inflation is nothing more than more demand than supply. The demand is going to stay here on top of the fact that we're maxed out on the United States on energy. We we can't push any more natural gas through a pipeline because we don't have enough pipelines. Don't get me started. We have all the LNG that we can ship is going to Europe. We, we, we used to ship 12% of our liquefied natural gas. They now get 40%. We can't do it anymore. So that's right. where we're at. And so in, given those situations, you have to smother the consumer economy, yeah. you know, lose jobs and get people yeah. fearful of losing their jobs, which then puts their hand, they put their wallet away. And that's how you get demand down. Well, uh, if-
0: Lydia, our friend Lydia Moynihan over at the New York Post had a great article yeah. today where she, she did a, she was reporting on a survey done showing that over half of U.S. employers plan on laying off and yeah. they haven't started eliminating a uh, headcount. And, and then you have a number of big name companies out there, Apple, uh, Meta, formerly everybody. Facebook. Yeah, everybody is just announcing layoffs. You're hearing, you're starting to really see those news reports come out, and you know, we can only suspect that going into the holiday season and then going into 2023, because this inflation story is not going to end. You're not going to go from two percent in only a matter of months. No, it's going to I mean, take it, some time to get there. It,
1: it, it, remember, it's always it's year over year, right? We we haven't even got to the high end of the rents yet. It's not till uh, mid October, November that on a year over year basis, I don't remember, it's called the base effect. This is what is, is going to last for a year. Yeah. The base effect it wasn't really till October of last year that rates, you know, that rent rates and housing, you know, just went on its final tear. So, you know, I have a model. The Atlantic Fed has a model. I mean, you know, every analyst and strategist on the street has a model. Our, our model says that we don't see a, a, we need to get to 4% inflation to just like see the whites of the eyes of the enemy, right? And to right. get to 4% in, in inflation, we have to lose two and a half million jobs. I mean, that's, that's our math. And most people, you know, who aren't just cheerleaders and just look at this rationally. Uh, say the same thing. So they're in a rock and hard place. Uh, there is stuff that's tailing off. You know, August, September, October. Absolutely, um, some of the you know the prices, obviously gasoline prices, etc. But gasoline prices, energy prices are seven percent of the CPI. Yeah. Rent is in rent and, and housing is thirty one percent. Automobile, yeah. which by the way, sales have gone to crap. I went to go look at a new car recently. That car that was seventy thousand dollars is now ninety five thousand dollars.
0: Oh my goodness. I, I Just that's had crazy.
1: Fix, I had somebody fix my smoker, my smoke grill, which I loved it. The last time he came in to like clean it and fix it, it was a hundred bucks. Today was 145.
0: Wow, you know, that's crazy.
1: I mean, it but it is what it is because all his costs, it is what up, it is, you know. Yeah. So, but, you know, again, Wall Street is betting that the Fed is bluffing, right? And I don't, I don't want to make that bet. Yeah, I have to agree so with I, you. There. I know a lot of those guys, particularly the Hawks, and they don't bluff. Jay Powell, yeah. maybe, you know, maybe he's the one who can't take the paint, but if the, the guys that I Talk to the the, on the Fed or close to the Fed. Say that what what he's most worried about is that he's going to be the guy who let inflation get out, and he didn't have the balls to be like Paul Volcker in the early '80s when you were in diapers and I was selling uh, annuities based on bonds, and I was a bond trader, and bonds went from six percent to nineteen percent in (laughs) six months. Right. You want to see a recession? Boy, that was a recession. I Uh, bet. So he doesn't want to be that guy who who wasked out. He just doesn't because he'll go down in history as the biggest uh, pussy, I don't know if that's the correct word, uh, and, and no guy on Wall Street wants to be known as a pussy, okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, so. that's for sure. That is for sure. Well, the Fed meets again September 20th and 21st. They're, it's obvious that they are going to be hiking rates. They yeah. We do receive one more inflation reading before that. The jobs report's out in two weeks from today. So there's a num- number of key metrics, uh, data points that are going to be coming out that the Fed will analyze and make the assessment of what they're planning on doing. Right, but, but the
1: question, Todd, Todd, remember, remember, uh, Employment is a lagging indicator. They don't use that right for their decision making process. Um, but they look at the jobless
0: claims numbers. The claims numbers are are weekly. They're going to be seeing how many Correct. people are filing continuous Correct. claims. Right. A, these are data points. These are points that they're, they're looking at everything. Obviously, they're yeah. looking at housing, and we're going to talk about housing later in the show. But when you look at at the housing starts that are down, home buyers, the sales, the transactions are lower. I mean, we're we're seeing we're some lower. are saying housing are fifteen
1: percent lower. Use. That's a crash. That's, That's a
0: crash. Yeah. That's a housing is in a the recession. There's no doubt. We'll yeah. get into that later on, yeah. but there are a number of key things. So, so quickly though, coming up next week, you still have some key earnings reports that are out there. We talked about retail earlier in the week. They still have a number of retailers that are coming out. Macy's Nordstrom's coming out next week. Um, clearly we're going to see if people are buying for their kids back to school, shopping, whatever it is. Yeah. Also gives us a little bit of a gauge. Zoom's coming out next week. Uh, be interesting to see what they come out with, especially if people are returning back to the, office. But yeah. overall, I don't see any key numbers or anything that's going to move the needle on the downside, Toby. I'm going to stay optimistic. I think today's a one-off, and I think investors are safe to say, okay, over the next couple of weeks going into the Labor Day, this should uh, we should start yeah, trending. Uh, we'll and, be trending higher than we are.
1: And, and I think you got a lacrosse ball into the head. <laughs> <and> you, <laughs> You can't actually, you know, see the actual data that matters, A. And then B, this was a short covering rallies. That's what happens in bear markets. We had six of these in, in after the, the bubble burst in you know, 2000 and 2003. We had six 30% moves that died. I can tell you, I used to have a lot more hair, uh, but managed money during that time. <laughs> and uh, this is, is different in some ways. But of course, th- there's, you know, my favorite word, exogenous events, things that are outside of our control that we never yeah. had in, in the dot com meltdown or in the financial crisis so yeah um, and then you know the big one that I don't have an answer to but no one else does is the fed is you know taking money out of the system hundred billion dollars a month that started right. like two months ago we don't have any idea there's no model that says well you know if you take a trillion dollars out of the uh, you know monetary system this you just took a trillion dollars out of the monetary system so that should yeah. take demand for stocks down you know all, all things being equal so so that's other than that everything
0: is easy and of, easy to understand. I love that. I love that. Well, I gotta tell I did once get hit in the head with a lacrosse ball, and it definitely wasn't fun, that's for sure. Definitely <laughs> left the mark. But um I but who knows? I but I still I'm gonna stay with the optimistic tone. But All listen, right. coming up coming up after the break, ladies and gentlemen, Toby and I are going to shift gears. We're gonna be talking about the NFL, we're gonna talk about Woo! streaming, big news coming out of the uh out of the streaming industry, talking about how they're not just taking uh they're not just uh, hurdling uh, cable and and broadcast news, but now Never been done before, so we're going to get into that, and obviously, um, a whole lot of other things coming in later in this show. So, thanks for being with us. We'll see you after the break. How much do you understand? Welcome back to BHS Live. I am Todd Schoenberger. I am joined by Joseph Tobin Smith. Toby, we are on the cusp of another fantastic NFL season. Everybody's talking about it. It's a headline story every day on every minute, it seems, on every sports talk show. Everybody's talking about their team and who's doing what and whatever. And we already know who's going to win the Super Bowl, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. But we'll get into that another time. But right now, we are going to be talking about streaming because the NFL is has signed a deal with Amazon where Thursday night games are going to be streamed on the Amazon Prime yeah. Network, and they have an exclusive to this. And I got to tell you, this is, seems to be the way to go because we also got word that streaming has taken over. It, it also it beat broadcast channels in the past, but now it's beating yeah. cable and broadcast. First time ever, people are cutting the cord left and right, which is great for our business, obviously, Toby. <laughs> but what's what do you think? Is this is this it's just a trend, short term, or is this what the future well, holds for us? All right,
1: I mean, I mean say so, so you got to have three things in your head when you look at televised sports. Number one, because it's live, you you know, it works for linear television, right? Linear is is it's your you know NBC broadcast all that stuff. Therefore, people aren't fast forwarding through the ad, and yeah. that makes the advertising that makes that advertising uh um, sell sometimes at one hundred and fifty percent premium to regular uh, linear ads. Uh, num- number two, and then number three, you can measure all this stuff now you know exactly you know what someone's looking at it goes into their whole data file so uh, the ad that i see uh is different than the ads you're going to see todd um that's because right it's all- and when it's streaming, you're getting the ad that the person paid the most to get in front of a 60-year-old uh, dude in Scottsdale uh, who drives an X car and blah, blah, you know, has all the data points. So that's why you're seeing this. The one that blew me away was $7 billion to the big Ten. But right. again, it, if you look at it, the demographic, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a UCLA guy, man, so I'm watching UCLA. If I'm watching okay. UCLA, I'm a college graduate, I'm probably a professional, like, you know, all the all the, the demos. Is, is right. NFL is a different demo. I, I love going to an NFL game where there's the garbage guy sitting here and the CEO is sitting here. I mean, it goes across all spectrum. But for college football, I mean, you know, other than in the South, because the SEC is like a whole different country, you it know, it, it, it tracks a very good demo. So that's why you can sell ads for it and nobody's going to fast forward. That's yeah, you're right about that. Were so much. I mean, well, it, after, and,
0: well, no, I was just going to say Amazon Prime, they, they had 80 million viewers <laughs> tuned in over the last year. On Amazon Prime I am a Prime member I have watched Amazon Prime television Before I think it's fantastic But you have 80 million To put that into context Netflix had 73 million viewers Over the past year Disney Plus About 45 million So Amazon is ruling That market as well And I'd imagine Those numbers are going to go up Exponentially With the NFL You are right They did just sign a deal Or signed on with Nielsen To actually track this data So that first They have a preseason game Coming up next week on Thursday. And then their first NFL game actually falls in week two when the Chargers play the Chiefs. And so I'm sure we're going to be seeing some numbers rolling out of Amazon in the probably in the 24-hour period after those games are yeah, played. It's also, going to be interesting also, to see.
1: Yeah, also remember that a lot of people don't realize, particularly over the age of 50, that the people under age 50 they don't actually watch their television very much. They watch their stuff on the on their laptop, they watch, on their iPad. Right. They, you know, that's why streaming is gets such great numbers. They don't they're not sitting with their parents watching. TV, maybe sports, maybe that's the one thing they, they would do. Streaming, uh, um, all you got to do is, like, go to the mall and yeah. look at the 17-year-old walking around, you know, watching their favorite show on their phone while they're, you know, shopping or their mom's. So it's completely changed how people, uh, you know, essentially consume uh, right. digital data. And now uh, with the, you know, 5G particularly, you don't have any of the issues you used to have before. You know, the old days, you you get that, you know, and the your yeah. sound would go in and out.
0: And now, I mean, right. it's... Ridiculous. So um, yeah, it makes you're right. Sense. The technology helps. The technology definitely helps. And I, I do believe when you look at broadcast TV, I mean, you look at the ABC, CBS, NBC. Yeah. There's not a lot there. I mean, they have their nightly news. Uh, ABC leads with a seven plus million viewers a nightly yeah. average. See, it goes down to CBS with Nora O'Donnell at about four and a half million. And you you look at that, but there's not a lot during the day. You have soap operas. You have these game shows. If you are the casual viewer, you're not watching watching that you're watching the entertainment side you're looking for the content you're right about the sports you're going to be watching sports you can get highlights etc cetera, etc cetera. but oh. there's not a lot of, it's not like it was back in the day where the family gathered around the television you're watching happy days of laverne and shirley i mean those days are long gone and so naturally you have the ability to like you said everybody's got their own personal television right in front of them yeah. i think it's a matter of content i think the streaming services have to start shifting more to the live side now one thing that we're doing across check, as you know, Toby, we're taking our shows and we're showing them live on those streaming devices. And right. because of that, that's going to be your category killer. I think that's when you're going to start seeing the ABCs, and that's going to be old school. It's going to be very old fashioned and they're just going to eventually die off once right. you have live news programming I, on those streaming I, I, sites. I'm going to tell you,
1: I mean, the the, the, the the flip side of this is, you know, the average American household earns $68,000 a year pre-tax. Guess what? I don't know. I, I have no idea what. Our freaking streaming bill is there's no there's no channel that we don't get right and right. so not everybody's going to spend you know if you include Prime annual fee and you include Disney annual fee it's going to spend eight hundred dollars a year on streaming and then put Netflix in there now you're up to twelve hundred bucks um, there's a limit and so people are now going to and they are starting already to start to rationalize and then it doesn't count all the free ones remember every every one of these uh, the large streamers is creating a ad based. Free network, And I'm very intrigued to see what the fall off is going to be because uh, uh, in, in theory on the ad based ones, so in other words, you get Netflix. It doesn't cost you anything. You're on the free uh, channel. Yeah. you stream it. But you can't turn the ad up. It's it, yeah, that's how that's how it works. And they probably monetize. I mean, you know, Amazon's different because they have Prime. You're a member of Prime, not just for the video. You get all the other benefits, but you can have a video membership,
0: though. It's only. $9. Yeah, you can have a video do that.
1: Right. Yeah, but but so we're we we're, you know we're going to have the ad based, the non ad based, the premium channel. I, there's a limit that the average American household can spend on on this, and oh, yeah. I don't know if we're there or not. And and maybe people didn't care about it during the pandemic because you, you were it was either that or strangle your wife to death. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> or your kids or both i mean you yeah. might have killed them both um yeah. but now that you know we're back into reality uh yeah uh, then i we are going to see rationalization not, not people are not going to be spending three hundred dollars a month for all the stuff
0: they get you know including their cable bill blah 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 so that's what's going to be interesting no i completely agree with you the coolest part about the streaming thing though is that the ability to simply cut you could stop it you can you can yeah. essentially cancel the subscription when you want and then renew the subscription I I mean, with cable, if you if, if I say, you know what, I'm for three months during the summer, I don't need cable TV, and I say, yeah, you know, cable company, I don't want this any longer. That's fine. Guess what? I have to do. I have to return all the equipment, go into the store, wait in line off for yeah. an hour and a half, and talk to some guy who's making eight dollars an hour, who's been with these potato chips all over his hey. shirt, who's actually hey. going to be yelling, and he's going to try to sell me on why I should stay with him. eight dollars <laughs> an hour. What decade do you live in, Sean <laughs> Look. She- All I know is this, is that it's a pain in the ass, because with streaming, I am in control of that entertainment dollar, and you are right. There is an amount that you're going to cap out on, but right now, people are it's new, it's fresh, it's it's exciting. I mean, the ability to watch great content, to watch our shows on that type of streaming platform is something unheard of, and I think that's why a lot of stations, a lot of networks, a lot of shows themselves are trying to do new things by coming out and streaming themselves. the The
1: one I worry about, I'm an old baseball fan, baseball... Is slow. I mean, you have to be, I don't know any kids other than the ones who play baseball who say, oh, God, I can't wait to go to the Diamondbacks game. But yeah. when you talk about the Cardinals or you talk about the Suns, they're all in, man. I mean, right, basketball right. Is, is exciting to watch these days. You know, run and gun football, yeah. professional level with, you know, all these great running quarterbacks, passing It's fun to watch. Is so it baseball? Yeah. Unless you're a hardcore baseball fan. I, so I don't, you're not going to see any of these major league uh, deals going to, you know, big money to major baseball. Well, the, Apple, is, yeah, the, Apple right, TV
0: Apple shows MLB, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's you're right. it's
1: very regional. It's not national. That's that's the thing I'm trying to get at. And so absolutely I don't know. What's
0: next. What's Apple, next? Well, hold on. on, On that thought though, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But I will say this when your team isn't, I mean, as a Baltimore Oriole fan, we're having a fantastic, fun year. Yeah. And I I am now watching, my kids are now watching to see what other teams are doing because we're right there in the hunt for the playoffs. That's something we haven't done and I can't even remember how <laughs> long long for the Orioles so so but it it has brought us back in to be energized but you are right I'm not going to actually watch a Cleveland Indians game right now it's just not (laughs) exciting for me so all right so let's switch topics real quick okay Madison Square Garden Entertainment they released their earnings stock was up big today the big news is they're talking about spinning off some of their prize their their most valuable assets one of which is Madison Square Garden in New York City the actual garden itself that and the MSG Network home of the home to the New York Yankees He's just talking about baseball. Yeah. And as you know, in New York, Yankees are, I mean, it's, it's a, a religion there. It's a so, religion. And No doubt about it. So if that's going to be the case. MSG, and they're start spinning off all this. Would you be an investor in MSGE?
1: Yeah. You know, I i, I probably wouldn't. Here's the thing. You have Tell the me. Dolan family, D-O-L-A-N. <laughs> they they do everything possible to make their stock stink. Um, I mean, there's been activists in there for, as, as, I don't know, as long as I've been alive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and and you know the check the 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 son is just lucky sperm club guy. I I've never seen any talent out of him whatsoever. Uh, yeah. You know, although you know when you're a billionaire, you do get a lot of hot chicks at the Knicks game. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> you're I'll but, tell you, you're just never going to a Knicks game as you for mentioning Dolan this way. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, like, <laughs> the bar the doors. It's a venue, uh, and the venue does r- real well, man. I've been to some great concerts, Bruce Springsteen, Madison Square Garden, never forget. Um, Billy Joel. But, it's, yeah. but there's 365 days. In other words, you can only like raise the price of the, mm-hmm. of the uh, ticket because you can't get any more people in it. Um, and you, you know, so it's a business that's not attractive to me. It's not a growth business uh, that, that really makes any sense. They're spinning it off because they have all these shareholder lawsuits in there saying that yeah. you guys haven't done squat for freaking 15 years. So do something, and they own a majority of the share. So they, you know, they're they're coming back. But now nah, I think, I mean, I think it's dead money, uh, and the okay. yield, the yield sucks too. I mean, if, if it was paying a seven eight percent yield, um, yeah. all right, that's one thing. When they spin off the uh, center, the most cash flow they got, the Knicks. Do I want to own part of the Knicks? Are you kidding?
0: <laughs> no, definitely Jeez. not right now. Yeah, I mean the Rangers did okay uh, last year, but yeah, I have to agree with you. Uh, going forward it's probably not going to be a good investment. The thing about Dolan, though, is that any critics that are out there, he views as a as a um, as the villain. I mean, they are they're the bad guy to the point where Dolan goes out of his way and spends all this energy to try to rip somebody who's critical of Dolan and his management or mismanagement, I should say. And oh. the problem with that is, as a CEO, you shouldn't be wasting your time. You should be managing your company. You shouldn't be worried about what people are saying. As as far as being a critic.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the stock hasn't done squat for, I don't know, yeah. years. It, it's just next. Yeah. Who wants to own it? I mean, it's like owning the Atlanta Braves as a limited partnership. Why on earth? I mean, unless you're a Braves fan, there's, 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 there are horrible investments. They're just horrible right.
0: investments. Yeah, because you're going to be capped. There's not a lot of, uh, there's not a growth strategy there. And Even yeah. if your team went all the way and won the championship, there's you're still limited as far as what you're able to deliver as a business. So I completely agree with you. So for current shareholders, hopefully, they sold into today's strength yeah, and got out of it, but would not be an investor. Yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's great. All right, guys, thanks a lot for, for staying with us here with BHS Live. we coming up after the break. We're going to be talking about housing data. We had uh used to, or um oh, I'm sorry, home sales numbers. <laughs> I know, I can't even to get say, so Sean much bro. data, so much stuff, I'll tell you, it's going around and in on Wall Street. It's definitely not a sleepy August for us, that's for sure. But uh, we have housing data that is really showing us that that the housing industry is in a recession. We also have a warning sign for the lenders that are out there. A lot of them are going broke, but we're going to talk about that after the break. So please stay with us. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Welcome back to BHS Live. We do appreciate everyone for joining us and also listening to us on the the Evergreen Podcast Network or any of your uh, favorite podcast channels. But um, right now, Toby and I are going to be talking about housing the housing sector. We actually saw home sales down nearly 6%, Toby, in the month of July, then on a year over year basis, down 20%, which means the housing sector is officially in recession territory. What do you think? I mean, is this a trend or are we going to be seeing just the worst of the? worse than it's 2008 well no
1: i mean remember 2008 was you know almost purely because we created and i come from southern california originally in southern california particularly in irvine california they created the subprime mortgage which uh, as we got into like 2005 basically i always like to say when the strippers in vegas have three different houses that they bought (laughs) yeah you know that. You know that <laughs> something's going all the way, but what, 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 but but literally is it, you know it, I did a movie on this uh, uh, about the financial crisis, and one thing that people just don't understand is that when all the big investment banks went public, uh, all the executives would get stock options, right? So yeah, the, the greatest thing in the world is to to, to to you know essentially securitize all these mortgages, put them into a big pool, and then like three days before your quarterly earnings come out, the CEO calls the CFO and says, "Okay, book those profits right now." Boom, you beat earnings. Your stock options. And that became the drill. Yeah. It was like morphine. Well, we're not like that now. I mean, we're not securitizing things, but this is just supply, demand, and right. the cost of money. Yeah. If I could get a mortgage for one and a quarter percent, right? A, a $500,000 mortgage at one and a quarter percent, my, my payment is like $2,400 a month. Yeah. Now that same mortgage would be $3,600 or $3,800 a month. And all of a sudden you take out a whole stream of buyers here. And that's what's happening. I mean, this is part of what. But remember, again, since since housing is 29% of the GDP of the economy, this is the number one way that with the Fed raising rates, it's the number one way you bring down the volume, you bring down a supply-demand. And obviously, we haven't built very much uh, new supply. So it makes right. sense. This is, a, this is a crash, Todd. This is not just a crash. It is a, it is and a then, crash. Yeah. And then the other number that is even more interesting are the number of canceled contracts I, I don't even in the in the worst part of the that, uh, 2007, 2008, you weren't seeing canceled contract, people walking away. And in parts of the United States, like out here, about 14% of contract sales contracts, uh, uh, you know, gone, canceled, right, right? right? So now, now you start the whole process again. And and the first thing you do is you lower the price that you, of your house. And so that's right. where that's where we are now. We're in the, as I've said on the show many times, for someone to pay $1,000 a square foot <laughs> for an 1800 square foot house like we're in is insane. It makes no Sanity whatsoever, except because you can afford it because your mortgage rate was one and a quarter percent because people were buying down the mortgages. You could you know pay money up front, you buy it down. Right now you can't do that. So Would, so, so was, you yeah. Know, if I if hope- you own a home right now that you want to sell, you just have to hold your nose. If you have to sell it, you're moving or so on and so forth. But you're going to take a twenty percent haircut at least, particularly if you're in a popular area where people were you know coming. Anybody who is selling their house on the coast, I told you about Park City. They called the the people COVIDians. The people. Yeah. Who live in, the, in New York, Manhattan and Palos Verdes and so on and so forth. And they wanted their kids to go to high school. They wanted their kids to go play sports because they weren't playing sports. So they bought houses in Park City. Houses in Park City doubled in price in, yeah. you know, a, in a year. And then they then they doubled again because that's a small part of the world. Well, that's over. I mean, that is over. Well, so,
0: I got to tell you, to add to that, so where Joe Biden, President Biden has his vacation home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And I know you're familiar with that area when you spend yeah. your time living outside. Of Washington, but you have in that area of Sussex County, Delaware, home building is everywhere. The problem is hmm. is that if you're going to buy, you're not selling because if you sell one of those homes, nobody's going to buy your home. They want a fresh house, they want the fresh warranties, they want everything right. to be brand spanking new. So you have to understand that when you buy, you're owning it forever. I would imagine that would take years once they have enough of the, of the housing that's there, enough people are moving into that area. But after that, there, there are numbers that you start seeing that they can. Start on, they will start seeing a decline and that's only going to impact banks. You have some of the larger banks in the Washington, Philly area, but like you said, that's one area, but right now nationwide home sales, this is the slowest pace that we've seen since November of 2015. And you are right. It is a crash and you have to only suspect with mortgage rates at 5% right now that they're going to continue to rise because the Fed is going to keep hiking rates. So then for the housing industry, and we talked about it before, are you a buyer in home builder stocks right now? Uh, no, no.
1: I mean, we've been actually, we've been short them and for a variety of reasons. I'll tell you the flip side to this, however, is that mortgage REITs pay very high yields, 11, 12% yields. And typically they go down in value when interest rates go up uh, and they go up in value when interest rates come down. I I don't want to get it too confusing. But but right now, there are some great mortgage REITs. One's called Rhythm. It it used to be a different name. They changed their name. I think they went on a LSD trip and they decided to change the name (laughs) for the stock. But RITM is a ticker symbol and they own, a, a significant amount of mortgage servicing rights called MSRs. And mortgage servicing, right, when rates go up, people don't refinance. Well, if they don't refinance, th- those mortgage servicing rights go up in value. So the way we're playing it uh, is owning Rhythm R-I-T-M. It's paying us about 11 12% yield. Chimera, nice. C- C-H-I-M, is paying us about a 12.5% yield. Very and nice. And they're going up in value. So there is a way to benefit from it. Uh, but on the reverse side, if, if, if when interest rates go up, then the other mortgage-type or mortgage companies are, you know, going south. You know, the other thing I was going to say, every year we've had these bubbles, you know, because I play golf, I belong to golf club. You belong to a golf club, you know, boom! mortgage brokers, right? M- mortgage brokers are living high on the hog when, you know, when interest rates are coming down and when interest rates go up, they like go into a fetal position, right? Um, <laughs> I always tell these folks, dude, or do debt. You're making these serious commissions. Keep 50% and wait for when the thing reverses. Because a, a good friend of mine has followed this advice for about four uh, cycles. All of a sudden, the mortgage brokers start going out of business. We got a, a headline today that uh, you know bankruptcy filings are 20% yeah. mortgage brokers, right? It's because they, they, uh, uh, they have a fixed overhead. And when the, the mortgages stop being produced or refinanced, their revenue goes south and their revenue is lower than than their cost of doing business. So it's a good time to go out and buy mortgage brokers. This guy's been in business for 15 years. They've got 150,000 know, customers, et cetera. You go in and buy them for a dollar down uh, and wait till interest rates come down and do refinancing, you'll do great. But it's a it's a boom and bust industry. And right now it is busting. You're, you're right what about that. supposed to do here. The, and they, the lenders,
0: right. But they, and you are right about that. The lenders, there are some lenders that are just flat out broke right now. And for that reason, especially some of the smaller, independent lenders. Mm-hmm. And, and this is an industry that hires, has hundreds of thousands of people just on the financing side. Forget about yeah. the ones that are actually selling the homes and the you know, home maintenance and the inspectors. You're talking hundreds of thousands of people that are likely at risk of losing their job over the six to nine month period. That yeah. is to be horrendous for the United yeah. States economy. So you yeah. have to question as rates continue to go up. And, you know, and all the talk was about interest rates, the Fed meeting in September, that was going to be the final meeting of Hiking rates. The Fed is blah, going to blah, continue blah. this. I know exactly. The Fed is going to continue this pattern, obviously, into 2023, because like we said earlier in the show, inflation is not going to plummet from 8.5 down to 2% or 4%, whatever. It's no. not going to hit that level that quickly. So now with hundreds of thousands that are there, I mean, and you mentioned these REITs. I and mean, what, what's your suggestion for investors? I mean, just focus if you if you really want to get into this industry, just focus on the REITs or just stay on well, the sideline. The,
1: well, the fact is, is that refinancing Financings, new financings and refinancing that are going down so that's that's good for uh, a, a company like rhythm our ITM, uh ticker symbol because their the value of their mortgage servicing rights go up so we're long them and i I strongly suggest I mean where else are you going to get 12 and a half 13 percent yields and the value of the of the reIT mortgage rate going up you know in a bear market that,
0: that that's, that's uh, hard to beat right you got that right you got that right well there's a lot lot to uh, lot to to digest there obviously on in this industry and I'm sure we'll be talking about it future shows as well so coming up after the break toby and i are going to help you make some money with our buy hold sell prediction please stay with us
1: Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast,
0: we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American Maritime, while also being accessible for the average
1: listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnerships YouTube channel.
0: Predictions, let's make some money. Toby, <laughs> it's buy, hold, sell time going to be your buy today. All
1: right. I am buying General Motors, ticker symbol GM. There are about Fifteen different, you know, positive catalysts is going to hit this company over the next six months with new product coming out. They have their their battery system is now building up, and they do benefit, and they are a direct beneficiary of the uh, inflation, whatever that thing's called, reduction act. Um, yeah, they, you know, you're going to get a seventy five hundred dollar credit, and it's a cash money credit. When you go to, to buy a GM car, you you, you can get the seventy five hundred dollars uh, uh, for your down payment. In other words, they'll, they'll, the the dealer will credit you with that because they're going to get you assign your tax credit to the dealer. So they're in a the sweet spot. Uh, they have two additional uh, EVs coming out that I think are, are, are being fantastic. And they sell you know, for a, a price earnings multiple about 100 times lower than Tesla. And yet they have the ability to build cars like crazy here. So I think they're in a the sweet spot. I, I want to own those. I'm yeah, I sale. agree with
0: that. And, and to add to that also, they, are, they just announced today they're going to reinstate the dividend and they're going to start doing a stock buyback up to $5 billion. So completely agree with you. This is a company. A stock was down about 2.5% today, but so was the overall market. But realistically, yeah, great entry point to get back in. That's a good pick.
1: I'm with you. You know, selling, the one thing I'm going to say about selling is that if you, you know, bought the dip in June and you bought, you know, the QQQs and ASIC 100, S&P 500, etc., Um, I I would be taking the profits now. You got a nice 17 or 20% move off the bottom. Uh, This is not the year 2010 to 2020 where everything goes up automatically. Stock Stock market on average is seven and a half percent return. So if you got a seventeen or twenty percent return on that, I would I would be selling those stocks because uh, it just doesn't make any sense at this point. Uh, and in, in terms of a holding, I uh, you know I've been talking about LNG a lot, and we've recommended you know ticker symbol EE, which is an, a floating LNG company. We've, we've recommended LNG, which is the big guy. I would definitely be holding these guys. They are up. Uh, EE is probably up twenty five percent. We talked about it. Um, FLNG is another one that I recommended that's up about forty percent. Yeah. But hold them. I mean, R- Russia just came out and said that they uh, now are going to mysteriously have mechanical problems in Nord 1. So now Europe is, you know, uh, yeah. going to hell in a has basket as we go into winter. LNG is not over expensive. We're talking at, you know, six PEs, four PEs. And so I'd hold them all. And if you don't have them, probably the one I would buy now is GLNG, which is another uh, player, Golar, because they have a piece of everything. Uh, but we're making nothing with money of those. We're getting ridiculous on, on FLNG. We're getting about a 20 Twenty-two percent dividend because they pay out sixty percent. This Amazing. is the way you make money in a blocking and
0: tackling environment. This is not
1: you know sixty-yard pass for a touchdown every freaking week. This is you know nose-to-nose football. Going
0: back to our football thing. Right, right. Well, you've had you've had some sensational picks in the past few weeks, Toby. I got to tell you, I know the listeners and viewers of Buy Hold Sell. I mean, if they're taking advantage of this, they're definitely uh, feeling feeling good Woo-hoo. these days, no matter what the market does. So, really, really nice. Well, my buy today is going to be Occidental Petroleum. Simple symbol is O-X-Y. Uh, Oxy received, uh, or I'm sorry, Warren Buffett received clearance yeah. today from regulators that he can buy up to a 50% stake of the company. Stock was up nearly 10% on this news. It's likely only, only going higher because everyone knows Warren Buffett's uh, track record. And it's only one to say that going forward is the company you would definitely yeah, want and to here's look
1: to. Here's, here's a hint. They have a publicly traded warrant uh, on Oxy and uh, we own the warrants because the, the warrant goes at, at about $50. And every, so if if Oxy was up, uh, it was up 8%, don't don't be silly today, they're only up 8%. But the warrant was up 16%,
0: okay? Aha, uh-huh. okay, I stand correct.
1: Yeah, so so it's you get more leverage and it doesn't cost you anything to do it. And you have the right to convert the warrant into
0: Occidental at 50 bucks. So it's like win-win. So that's how we're playing that. But I, I like your pick there. That's a good one. Actually, up nine spot, eight, 8% to be technical okay. too. I right, just want to let you know. There you go. Hey, unscrew me. There you go. There you go. All right, my hold of the day has got to be Ford. I want to stick with the auto industry. Going back to your GM pick, I see Ford. I love the dividend yield at 3.7%. Obviously, their growth in the um, mm-hmm. in the uh, EV space is a big thing for me. And plus that tax credit, like you mentioned earlier, is going to be one. If you're a holder of a Ford or you're a shareholder, definitely hold on to it right now. If you want to add to the position, that's fine. Definitely that would not Mustang recommend selling now. Oh, that Mustang EV,
1: that driven? It is fantastic. Is it? It is uh, the bomb.
0: I can so see you driving it. You probably got the scarf wrapped around just waving in the wind and you get your hair blowing back with your big sunglasses. <laughs> no, you got me down to a T what a look that must be that's fantastic <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> all right you're, the cell of the day um, has got to be starbucks they're obviously their ceo there is in turmoil they have a, a new i mean schultz is working as an interim ceo but they still need a new ceo and then they announced today this afternoon that their coo is actually stepping down from the company that says to me when you have crisis that's taking place in leadership that's never going to be good for the company not to mention the fact that they have so many labor unions these little shops are turning into unionized little businesses. And then there was a judge in Memphis, Tennessee that actually ordered Starbucks to rehire all the people that they had just fired because they wanted to start a union. So you're going to see a lot more a lot of yeah. cases like that going nationwide. Doesn't bode well very well for for Starbucks, especially for a, a Howard Schultz who is so anti-union. He's not willing to work with his with his employees. Talk, so t- t- it'll be t- interesting t- to see I, what happens. T- I'm confused. Tell How me. long we've
1: we been doing this show. How many times have you recommended to buy Starbucks and then
0: sell Starbucks, I, I'm completely confused. It's probably a handful of times, but you know we're traders, though. So if you're following this platform and what you're doing, we're telling you when to buy it, when yeah. to sell it. I mean, these aren't you know this isn't like a, a set of baseball cards where you buy it and hold <laughs> on to it forever. I'm trying to give you good advice. One thing that I didn't mention, and we should do as a follow up, is Target. Target did release their earnings that was earlier fantastic. this week, and I gotta tell you that was what that was my sell on Tuesday. And if I had to have a um, a second sell, I would still be selling Target right now. I do want to tell you this real quick and this is for all the listeners and viewers out there, that they Target came out in their earnings report on Wednesday and talked about having their arms around the inventory control issues. As it turned out, their inventory warehouses, these are gigantic buildings and it's like two miles radius. It's just a nutty size building. They were able to empty out three of these warehouse distribution facilities. They said in the earnings call that that they had control over their inventory problems. What, well, as it turned out, they just simply threw everything in a truck and sent it to all the stores. And that's why Toby, when you and I were ah. talking about going into some of these stores, oh. they have inventory all over the place, yeah. but they're not, it's not pushing the inventory to the consumer. And I think that's where the, the real line is. So they could say they're they're putting lipstick on the pig right now. Definitely want to continue to sell. Unless you go into a Target anytime soon that looks organized, it looks clean. Employees are happy. I don't see it happening. That Will be the time to start buying the stock, but right now you want to stay far away, probably. yeah. Yeah, we uh we agree on that, Mr. Schoenberger. That's fantastic. All right, real quick, coming up next week, we have a couple of key macro points coming up next week. Uh, some more home sales, uh, data. We have pending home sales coming out, durable goods orders are also coming out, which can serve as a proxy in that industry. You got uh, you got a PCE that's coming out, it's a consumption uh, uh number that that I know the Fed will look at, yeah, that's closely. the Fed number, yes, yeah, that is a Fed, and this all leads up to in two weeks from now, the jobs report. And we obviously will be talking a lot about that in, in the uh, next, uh, next few uh, shows, but, uh, but that's where we stand right now. So I think we're going to be fine on Monday. I know Toby, you're kind of on the fence, but we'll see what happens. I'm
1: not on the fence. I'm, I'm long energy and I'm short. Uh, the, the the QQQs and the, and the spy going into it. It was a bear market rally. It was short covering rally. It's run okay. out of juice. And, um, and we, you know, we are positioned to make money on energy
0: going up and the, is going down. Love it. All right. Well, we're going to follow up with that. That's that's for sure. All right. So thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today for VHS Live. On behalf of Tobin Smith, I'm Todd Schoenberger. We hope you have a fantastic weekend. Can't wait to see you again next week. Take care. All right. Cheers.